We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Stender, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To share your thoughts about this podcast or others, please visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. Parshat Pinchas uh, opens with a commendation of uh, Pinchas, who is the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the high priest. So he's Moses' grand-nephew, uh, Aaron's grandson. Uh, and uh, Pinchas, in last week's Torah portion, at the end of last week's Torah portion, a dramatic conclusion to last week's Torah portion, uh, finds uh, an Israelite... Uh, 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 fornicating with a Midianite woman, uh, probably uh, n- uh, nearby uh, or at or in uh, the, uh, the 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 tabernacle or the tent of meeting, uh, so uh, encroaching on sacred space. Uh, not only uh, a, a violation of encroaching on sacred space, uh, but uh, but doing so most likely in a way that was uh, that that could be construed as uh, worshiping the god of the Midianite. Uh, who was uh, uh, identified in last week's Torah portion as Baal Peor. So Pinchas, in an act of, uh, of, of zeal, uh, takes a spear, gets up, while the whole community is kind of sitting and watching this happen, take, uh, takes a spear and uh, pierces the, uh, the, the two people uh, through the belly, uh, killing them, uh, and uh, then uh, uh, stopping this, uh, this, this plague, or this, uh, um, uh, in the Torah's terms, this terrible thing that's happening, uh, this scourge, thank you, uh, that's happening uh, at, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the congregation. In the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Pinchas is commended for his for his actions uh, or at least uh, seemingly commended for his actions uh, God gives him British uh, Shalom uh, my covenant of peace or my covenant of friendship it says that uh, Pinchas bekanot uh, kinati uh, was uh, was jealous on my behalf, or was zealous on my behalf, and so therefore abated my jealousy. God says uh, for what was going on in, uh, among the children of Israel when the children of Israel uh, worship other gods. Uh, Torah says God gets jealous of that, and so Pinchas took God's jealousy as his own cause uh, and uh, and and, uh, and and carried out uh, according to our portion. Uh, God's uh, zeal uh, among the people. that the Torah portion then pivots from that to other matters, including uh, the uh, the incident of the daughters of Tzalafachad, uh, who uh, who uh, petitioned Moses for uh, uh, for to be able to inherit their father's property. And then we get into uh, our section of the Torah portion, which deals with uh, with what's known as korban tamid, uh, the the perpetual or daily offering, uh, and the offerings that were offered on uh, various holidays, which uh, Gary is going to speak about later. But I guess the question is, what does 
this latter section of the Torah, of our Torah portion, dealing with the Korban Tamid, this perpetual offering, and the holiday offerings have to do with the beginning part of our Torah portion about Pinchas. And I think one answer is that Pinchas is a paradigm in the Torah um, as a, a lover of God. So infatuated with God that he's willing to, uh, to, to take the law into his own hands in order to uphold God's honor. Uh, he's uh, he could be what what he does could be termed as zeal or as jealousy, right? That he is like a lover of God that is viscerally hurt and pained by what is going on in the community as an affront to God. And that is the love that Pinchas has uh, for the divine. He's associated in our tradition also with Elijah, uh, Elijah the prophet in the book of Kings, who also is understood to have that kind of zeal and, and deep, passionate love for the divine. The Korban Tamir, I think, fits into that paradigm. My, one of my uh, teachers in rabbinical school, Rabbi Ed Feinstein, uh, we had a class, uh, we, we had an egalitarian rabbinical school, my class was only men. Uh, just one of those flukes of how it turned out was only men. So we had our senior seminar with, uh, with Rabbi Feinstein, and he was talking to a room of only guys. And he said, one of the best pieces of advice I felt like he ever gave to me, he gave me many, uh, was, you have to keep dating your wife. Right, which is true, I could say it to, to wives too, you have to keep dating your husband. In other words, in order <laughs> love, love can exist but the, but the flames of love can die out over time. And so you have to continually feed your love. You have to continually feed it and make uh, expressions and demonstrations uh, and, uh, and connections continuing to perpetuate and strengthen the relationship. Otherwise, it can dissipate. I think that that's the essence of the Korban Tamid. Why we are commanded to every single day, twice a day, keep on fueling the fires of the altar. Not because God needs to eat. The, the, it's introduced by its Korbani uh, my, my sacrifices, my, my, my food uh, are the fiery things that you bring to me. And the Midrash says, does God really need to eat? No, of course God doesn't need to eat. But the love between the Jewish people and God needs to be fed. And so we feed it uh, daily in the Tamid, in the perpetual offerings. We feed it uh, weekly on Shabbat with additional offerings on Shabbat and we feed it uh, uh, perpetually on the holidays with additional offerings on the holidays that Gary's going to tell us a little bit more about later. So pay attention uh, as we read about these uh, holiday offerings uh, and, uh, and their significance in our Torah reading this morning and Gary will follow up on that theme in just a little while.